Okay, so I'm just after hoovering the house and washing the floors because herself has been away for the last week and she's due back tomorrow morning. And I don't want her walking into the house in a fucking mess. So I said I'd fucking pull my finger out and get the place tidy for her. But I know what she's going to say the second she walks in the door. Or, you know, maybe 15 seconds after she walks in the door. Somewhere within that window of opportunity. She's going to turn around to me and she's going to go, Did you wash the floors? And I'm going to say, yeah. And then she's going to say, Why? And I'm going to say, because they needed it. And she's going to say, well, you, you never washed them before. And then I'm going to say, well, because they haven't needed to be washed. And she, of course, is going to say, that's because I always do them. And I'm like, well, yeah. And I've spoken about this briefly before, and I'm going to tie it into the whole personality thing. There's one of the big five personality traits is called conscientiousness. And it's split into two between industriousness and orderliness. Now, I'm going to focus on on orderliness now. And again, I've spoken about this before, so I won't drone on about it. But how orderly you are is, to to dumb it down, is to, is how how neat and tidy you like things. Like, are you a type of person that has a place for everything and everything's in its place and you go around polishing everything all the time and you can't stand a little bit of dirt or dust ever? That would mean you're incredibly orderly. Now, I'm not incredibly orderly. But I'm far more orderly than most people. So in any of the houses that I've lived with different people throughout my life, I was always the neat freak. Because I'm more orderly than most people. But herself, the wife, she's even more orderly than me. And what that means is, the bar for when the place needs to be cleaned, for her, is lower than my bar for the the place to need a clean. So, let's say... Again, just to to kind of dumb this down for myself. Let's say on a scale of 1 to 100. 100 is the place just dripping in shit. And 0 is the place is absolutely immaculate. Brand new. When it gets to 30, I'm like, oh fuck, this place needs a, a clean. Most people wait till 50. But I'm ahead of most people. I notice the place being dirty more than most people. It's just part of who and what I am. And that means that I'll be the one who cleans the place because other people don't think it needs to be cleaned yet. So most people are at 50. I'm at 30. She's at 10. And if you're at 1, that means you're, you're maybe not, hypochondriac's not the right word, but you're, it's pathological. Like, I mean, if, if, you, if you're walking around your house wiping up your footprints as you walk like that's that's pathological that's that's not healthy like, and people can people can really spiral you hear about people endlessly washing their hands that's because their their orderliness has gone way out of whack with reality basically and they, they just can't they can't clean their house or themselves enough to the point where people will literally not go to work because their house is too dirty in their own mind and because herself is just a little bit more orderly than me, it means that she thinks the place needs to be hoovered and the floors washed more regularly than me. Or not even more regularly than me. She thinks it needs to be done sooner than I'll think it needs to be done. And therefore, she'll always do it first. And by default, I'll never do it. Now, if that was flipped, if I was slightly more orderly than her, let's say we will keep her the same. So let's say she's at 15. If I was at 10, she'd never get the chance to hoover and mop the floors because I would have done it ahead of time 
And what I, what, what I want to tie in here is the importance of understanding this and why I harp on about it so much. And the analogy that I'm going to use, because I can't seem to explain anything without using an analogy, is I'm going to take cars. I'm going to make a comparison between there being different types of cars. Actually, not cars. We'll call them vehicles. There are different types of vehicles like there are different types of people. But you need to understand what type of a person you are in the same way you need to understand that there are different types of vehicle. Because if you're starting out in life and you're saying, right, well, I'm going to have to be able to get to work. What will I buy? Well, you could buy a tractor. But that's only a good choice if you work in a field. If you have to do you know, a commute around the M50, a tractor is the wrong thing to buy. Because it's not fit for purpose. And human beings are exactly the same. To me, this is maybe not a perfect analogy, but a very, very good analogy. In order to make your way through life without bashing your head off everything, you you need to have an appreciation for who and what you are. Because some of us are Ferraris that are built to just race around racetracks, and some of us are tractors that are that need to to pull a heavy load and drag it across a field. And I mentioned a couple of episodes back this idea of reinventing yourself. And I think I was a bit wrong-headed in in phrasing it that way. This idea that we we can and should if we can reinvent ourselves. And I think what's more what's more precise, a better way of of phrasing it or a new viewing it from a new perspective, say is that we should appreciate when our personality, the type of human being that we are, is out of alignment with the type of role that we have in society. And to exaggerate this, if somebody with my personality was to be working in a creche with infants, first and foremost, God help the poor fucking infants. And secondly, God help me, because that would drive me insane. I'm not. It, I'm. I'm not fit for purpose. That's a tractor trying to get round a, a, the Nuremberg Ring as fast as a Ferrari. It's just not going to happen. You're going to block up the road, and it's just going to be a nightmare for all concerned. You're not going to enjoy it. The people around you aren't going to enjoy it. You're not fit for purpose. You're a square peg trying to ram itself into a circular hole. Now that's obviously an exaggeration and a half, but you get the sentiment. Here's another one for you. So I would be relatively high in another personality trait called neuroticism. And neuroticism is essentially your sensitivity to negative emotion. And we vary massively on this particular personality trait. Some of us just aren't bothered by what other people say to us. And some people can be incredibly hurt by the slightest little thing. And it's down to how sensitive you are to negative emotion. When somebody... like. When you're working in a call centre, say, and you're you're part of, of customer service and your job is to just basically promote people and keep them from leaving whatever company you're working for, you need to be low in neuroticism. You need to not really give a shit about this person's woes. Like a friend of mine, I won't name him now for, whatever, for a half a dozen different reasons, but he works for a bank and he works as part of their mortgage department. And he basically has to ring up people who are behind in their mortgage payments and say, you know, what's up? 
Now, he gets spun story after story after story after story about how the kid died and how the wife lost her job and how the brother or the husband's an alcoholic and, you know, X, Y and Z. And that's why the mortgage isn't be paid. But his job is to basically just ignore all that and try and figure out a way of them getting back paying their mortgage. Because if you don't continue to pay or if you don't start paying your mortgage or if you don't make some sort of an effort to show that you're going to pay your mortgage, we're just going to swipe your house off you. Now, to be in that position, you don't have to be low in neuroticism. But if you're not low in neuroticism, if you're high in neuroticism, if you have a high sensitivity to negative emotion, you'll be fucking suicidal after three months of doing this job. You're completely, totally and utterly unsuitable for that particular role. Because you're going to be hearing people's sob stories, real and imagined. Because... As he said to me himself, like people will just lie straight to his face. But you never really know. You're on the phone. You're not meeting and greeting these people. So who's to say that their son doesn't have cancer or their mother just died or whatever horror story they're telling you? Who's to say it's not true? So for that particular role, you need to be low in neuroticism. You need to, you need to have a low sensitivity to negative emotion. Likewise then, if you've got an outbound sales role, so if your job is to either drive to customers or just to call customers... And speak to people. You need to be energised by meeting and greeting and speaking to people. An introvert will make the worst type of salesperson. Especially an outbound salesperson. Now there are exceptions. Everything that I say here comes with a big, giant, massive, juicy, broad sweeping generalisation alert. But as always, it's, it's, it's the sentiment of what I'm saying that it is what could possibly have a little bit of value in it. This ain't no degree course. And I suppose the overarching point that I'm trying to land is that the better you the better you are the better you are at understanding yourself, the better you are at understanding where you fit and how you can be of use and how you might avoid your life being becoming a complete catastrophe. Because we are fluid to a degree in our personality traits. There are days when I'd love to meet a load of people and there are days when I wouldn't like to meet a load of people but your personality traits we try and average them as best we can they're not hard and fast they don't nail you down to this is the type of person you are don't deviate from this ever there's a certain amount of fluidity and our mood comes into it because as i've said before i've described our personalities almost as our mood over time another analogy that i've used is weather and climate so the weather on a particular day is like your mood, but your weather over a vast stretch of time is the climate and your mood over a vast stretch of time is your personality. And although it might rain in a desert every so often, you need to know that it practically never rains in a desert by definition. And the same can be said for a, like a temperate rainforest. There are days and maybe weeks when it doesn't rain at all, but that's not the norm. If you If you, just in keeping with the weather analogy you look up the forecast for where you're going on holidays you're going on holidays in Egypt or let's say you're moving to Egypt and you look at the weather forecast and it says it's pissing rain you go right well I better wedge my fucking suitcase full of raincoats that's no good you need to know what the climate is like there over time so you pack your fucking shorts you pack more shorts and sun cream than you do raincoats and umbrellas and the same can be said for your life generally and certainly your occupation, you need to know what you're like over time because you're going to have a job over time. You're not going to change jobs 
in according to your mood. Oh, well, this week I'm feeling particularly extroverted, I'll get a sales job. This week I'm feeling particularly introverted, I'll get a fucking, I don't know, a security job where you're not going to see or talk to anybody for your entire 8 or 10 or 12 hour shift. And I suppose the people that this is most applicable to is managers. Now, it's applicable to everybody across the board, don't get me wrong, you can't understand yourself well enough. But if you're above or over, for want of a better term, other people, you need to understand what their personality is. because Especially if you're the one dishing out work. Because you want to give the work that requires face-to-face interactions to an extroverted person, and you want the work that's going to require somebody to be by themselves all the time to an introverted person. Now, that's very dumbed down, obviously, but again, you get the sentiment. Agreeableness is another good trait, maybe to give you an example. So the two sides of agreeableness are, as you might imagine, agreeableness and then the opposite of that being disagreeableness. If you're a really agreeable person, you're more suited to working with infants, say, and you're more suited to having a a customer-focused role. You're better off working for a company who thinks that the customer is key and it's all about the customer and it's all about the customer experience. You want in that position an agreeable person because an agreeable people like to be liked and they want everyone to kind of get along. So in a caring position, you want agreeable people. But some roles wouldn't be suited to a caring person at all. So a debt collector, an agreeable debt collector is not what you want in the least. You want a disagreeable person. You want somebody who just says, fuck you, pay me. Fuck you, pay me. But my kid just died, fuck you, pay me. And ideally for a debt collector, again, this is just exaggerating it to make the point. For a debt collector, you want somebody that's sky high in disagreeableness or sky low or ground low in agreeableness, whatever way you want to word that. And you want somebody with practically no negative emotion whatsoever. So they'll just say, fuck you, pay me over and over and over again. And they just don't give a fuck. Now, that's not exactly the type of person that you would want to put minding your child. My nappy's full of shit. And? I hit my head and I'm bleeding profusely. I need a doctor. Why are you telling me? Piss off. And I'm going to use an analogy that I used yesterday, or the day before, in relation to the conservative parents with the progressive kid, say, the, the, the artist kid. The parents can't understand why the kid won't knuckle down and study And the kids can't understand why the parents just won't let them be themselves and play guitar all day or or whatever it is. The analogy I gave was, it's like trying to explain colour to somebody who's colourblind. They just don't get it. And it's not that they just don't get it, they're incapable of getting it. They, They don't know what it is that you're talking about. People are very different. Now again, we have to remember that people are mostly the same. But our differences matter. And our differences matter massively. And if you've ever been in a job that you absolutely fucking hated with the pit of your soul, odds are your environment, the world that you lived in, was whatever the job was. But you you didn't fit that mould. You were you your personality was out of alignment with the role that you were in. For the most part, there's nothing wrong with the role. The person who did you, did the job before you and the other people that you work with, how is it that they can all manage? And the reason that they can all manage and some of them can even thrive is because they're just different than you. But in closing, if you don't know 
your own differences, if you don't know what makes you unique, then the odds are that you're going to just bounce off the walls, hating everything. And with a bit of luck, fingers fucking crossed, touch wood, you'll settle into something that you actually are aligned with and that you can do well and thrive in. But I personally think that if we could explain to people, first off, the different types of personalities that are out there. Secondly, which one is your most dominant one? Then I think we could avoid years of bouncing from different jobs and bouncing to different managers and stressing our fucking selves to the points of exhaustion for the want of just understanding ourselves a little bit better. And on that note, I'll chat to you tomorrow.